So today's reading will be from verses 21 to 43, uh, Mark 5. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet, and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had had the discharge of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered much under uh, many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus, and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, If I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing that, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, and fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hands, he said to her, Talitha kumi which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was twelve years of age, and they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this, and told them to give her something to eat. Uh, do, uh, do turn back to uh, that reading from uh, Mark chapter 5. That's where we're going to be this morning. Uh, for a little while, and uh, let me pray and uh, ask God to, uh, to help us uh, as we look at his word together. Uh, dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for your uh, kindness. Thank you so much for the Lord Jesus uh, Father, we pray that this morning you would open the eyes of our hearts and help us to see him more clearly, uh, love him more dearly, and follow him more nearly uh, day by day. Amen. Uh, what do you do when your worst fears come true? When all hope seems gone and you hit rock bottom, uh, where, where do you turn? Who do you turn to? 
What, what do you do? Uh, at some point or another, all of us have those moments where we say, I can't bear it. I can't take any more. I don't know what to do. Such times we might feel anxious and afraid. We might uh, sense the panic rising up inside us. That fear of the unknown, that fear of not knowing what to do, that, that might come out in other ways as well. We, we might get angry with those around us. We might lose patience. We might become depressed. It's not surprising, really, that we feel like that. Life is full of things that you and I simply can't control. Circumstances which are too big for us. Problems for which we simply don't have an answer. Chronic illness. Death. Financial difficulties. Relationship difficulties. Problems at home. Problems at work. Sometimes even problems at church. When we're younger, life, life seems so very simple, doesn't it? So straightforward. As we grow older, well, we begin to realize just how difficult and painful and messy life can be. And the question is, in those moments, what do you do? Where do you turn? Who do you turn to? Uh, We are looking at the second half of Mark chapter 5, and here we meet two very different people who are both at their wit's end. We meet a synagogue leader named uh, Jairus, and, uh, well, we don't even know her name, an unnamed woman. And through them, we see the extraordinary love and power of the Lord Jesus to save us when everything seems utterly hopeless. Thing is, if we'd been reading through Mark's gospel, we would have seen Jesus doing this lots and lots of times before. So, uh, for example, keep a finger in Mark chapter 5. Turn back to chapter 1 and just have a look at verse 32. Mark chapter 5, verse... Uh, uh, sorry, Mark chapter 1, verse 32. Just have a look. Uh, We're told that evening at sunset they brought to Jesus all who were sick and oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And Jesus healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. Uh, If all Mark had wanted to do was to teach us about the love and the power of the Lord Jesus to save us. He he could have done that very simply, just as he did there back in chapter 1. But instead, Mark takes these two people and he slows right down so that you and I can take it all in. And just notice how Mark tells the story. Uh, The story starts and ends with Jairus. But in the middle, Jesus spends valuable time. He spends time he doesn't really have talking to a woman who's already been healed. And the question as you're reading through it is, is why would Jesus do that? 
Why, when this situation is so urgent and so desperate, and why, when this woman has already been restored, why would Jesus stop and talk to her? And that conversation that Jesus has with the woman is the key to the whole episode. The uh, the big lesson comes uh, in verse 36. Just have a look at what we're told. Mark says, verse 36, but overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear, only believe. Do not fear, only believe. Uh, Over uh, 20 years ago now, an American Christian writer called Ed Welsh wrote a book called When People Are Big and God is Small. When people are big and God is small. It's a great title for a book, I think. The the book is all about our tendency to fear other people and to worry about what they think of us. We do it all the time, don't we? We fear other people and we worry about what they think of us. We do it when we're at school. We we might do it in the workplace. We, We might even do it here in our church family. We fear that other people will reject us. We fear that they might hurt us. We might, we fear that they might uncover a truth that we've tried desperately to keep hidden. And that fear controls us. That that fear makes us say yes to other people when we should say no. It it makes us do things that we know we shouldn't really do. That fear makes us hide and avoid people. And when that happens, Ed Welsh in his book says that other people are taking God's place in our lives. Other people are big and God is small. And the whole point of the book is to help us see that God is actually so much bigger than the people that we fear. And something like that is going on here in Mark chapter 5. When you and I reach rock bottom, when we're in that place and we simply do not know what we're going to do, our circumstances seem so much bigger than God does. We, we can't see a way out. We, we don't know what the answer is. We, we look at our circumstances, we look at this situation, and it feels hopeless. And Mark wants us to see that no matter how anxious we may be, Jesus is bigger than our fears. Jesus is bigger, and we can trust him. What does Jesus say to Jairus? Do not fear, only believe. Do not fear, only believe. It's worth saying that learning that lesson is not easy. Learning that lesson takes us a lifetime. It may be that the the reason you're here this morning or or the reason that you're, you're watching online, is because you find yourself in that place right now. You are absolutely desperate, and you do not know what you're going to do. You, you do not know how you're going to get out of the situation in which you find yourself. You, you might not really describe yourself as a religious person, 
But, but you are at the end of your tether and you need help. And if that is why you're here, then we are delighted that you're here. We hope that you find this morning helpful. We hope that you grasp something of the love and the power of the Lord Jesus to save us. And if that's why you're here, let me encourage you to talk to someone afterwards and not just to rush off. We would love to help you. But I suspect that there are a whole number of us here this morning and we don't feel like that at all. In fact, if we were to talk to each other, we might say everything's all right at the moment. Everything is just fine. And I don't mean to put a damper on things for you this morning, but if you are not facing a hopeless situation now, well, the chances are it won't be long before you are. Someone has said that when we're at our best, it's always wise to plan for our worst. In times when we feel spiritually healthy, when everything is just ticking along, We should make plans for when we feel spiritually weak and things are not so good. So if everything is fine for you this morning, well, I'm I'm really pleased for you. But let me encourage you to do that, to make plans for when things are not so good. Ask God as we look at this, this passage, ask him to show you just how big the Lord Jesus is. So that when your worst fears do come true... You won't be afraid, but you'll believe. Let's take a closer look and see what happens. It all starts with Jairus. Have a look at verse uh, 21. Uh, And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet. And implored him earnestly saying, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. Jairus would have been a man of real standing uh, in the community, a man of real uh, authority. And yet when he sees Jesus, what does he do? He falls at his feet. But why do you think a man like Jairus, would do that to Jesus? Why would he fall at his feet? Because Jairus is desperate. His daughter, his little girl, is dying. Her her condition is critical. She is failing fast. And Jairus doesn't know what to do. If Jesus doesn't get there soon, his little girl will die. What a terrible situation to be in. Can you imagine being in a situation like that? Uh, Sadly, maybe some of us can. Uh, Inside Jairus, he he must have been churning with fear. Please, Jesus, you've got to come now. There's no time to lose. And Mark says that Jesus and his disciples went with Jairus. A, a large crowd follow them. Uh, and as they, as they make their way, suddenly Jesus stops in his tracks. Suddenly Jesus stops. 
he, he realizes that power has gone out of him and he looks around and says, who touched my clothes? And the, the disciples, they, they can't believe it. What, what are you talking about, Jesus? L- look at the crowd all around you. Of course someone touched you. There's, there's people everywhere. But Jesus won't move. He won't budge. He, he stands there looking around. Put yourself in Jairus' sandals for a moment. Can you imagine what must have been going through his mind? Jairus must have been tearing his hair out. Jesus, Jesus, what are you doing? We, we've got no, no time to stop. We've got to go. My little daughter is dying. As Jesus stands there looking around, a woman steps forward trembling with fear, and she falls at his feet just like Jairus did. And in verse 33, Mark tells us that she tells Jesus the whole truth, her whole sorry story. This poor woman has been bleeding for 12 years, 12 long, painful, shameful years. This poor woman has tried everything. She has spent everything that she had to try and do something about her bleeding, and it won't stop. Her her condition has just got worse and worse. And to be honest, her prospects are little better than Jairus' daughter. She is absolutely desperate. But then maybe when she's just given up hope altogether... She hears about Jesus. She she hears about the power and authority of Jesus to heal people. Maybe she hears about the uh, the time that Jesus healed a woman with a fever. Or or maybe she uh, hears about the paralyzed man who had been lowered through the roof into the room where Jesus was. And Jesus tells the man to get up and walk. And the man literally gets up and walks in front of everybody. And she hears those stories about what Jesus can do and and it ignites this little flicker of hope inside her. The the law said that a woman in her situation, a woman with a protracted gynecological condition, a woman like that, she was unclean for as long as she carried on bleeding. Twelve years. Anyone who comes into contact with that woman in that time, also becomes unclean. A a woman like that cannot go out in public. A woman like that cannot show her face. For 12 years, she has been in that situation. And then she hears these stories about Jesus And she thinks to herself, maybe, just maybe, there's a man who can help me. Maybe, just maybe, all I need to do is touch him, and then I can get out of there, and no one needs to know. Maybe Jesus can help me. But Jesus won't let her just touch him and and get out of there. That the moment she touches him... He feels power leave him and he stops and looks around and waits 
at verse 33. Verse 33, but the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Mark says, as the woman steps forward, she is trembling with fear. You you could see her shaking, I I, I guess. That that the moment she touched Jesus, her bleeding stopped immediately. Whatever she may have hoped, whatever she may have longed for in that moment... She has now experienced his power firsthand. She has discovered just how big this Jesus really is. She knows that this Jesus is even bigger than her bleeding. So is it any wonder as he stops and waits for the woman to come, is it any wonder that she comes forward trembling with fear? Jesus' response is remarkable. Look at verse 34 again. Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Just notice what Jesus doesn't do. Jesus doesn't tell her off for being out in public. Jesus doesn't rebuke her for touching him. Notice how gently, how kindly, how compassionately Jesus treats this woman. Notice what Jesus calls this woman, daughter. Jesus commends her for her faith. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Her her faith is real faith. She acts on what she's heard. Look at verse uh, verse 27. She heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I'll be made well. This woman has real faith in Jesus. But her faith, for all that it's real, is also weak. And in his kindness, Jesus wants to strengthen her faith. She thought it was her touch that could heal her. If I touch even his garment, she says, I'll be made well. But Jesus wants her to see it's not so much her touch that heals her, it's her faith in him. Her faith is what really matters. That is what has set her free. Daughter, your faith has made you well, he says. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. But that lesson, that lesson is not just for her. That lesson is for Jairus. And 2,000 years later, that lesson is for me and you as well. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. You see, if Jairus is going to trust 
Jesus with his daughter's life, then Jairus must grasp in this moment just how big Jesus really is. He has to see that Jesus is big enough to help. He has to see that Jesus is even bigger than sickness and even bigger even bigger than death. There's a great old hymn, which I love very much. Some of you may know it, called Through All the Changing Scenes of Life. Do you know that hymn? First verse goes like this. Through all the changing scenes of life, in trouble and in joy, the praises of my God shall still my heart and tongue employ. I love those words. But, but here's the question. How do you keep praising God through all the changing scenes of life? How do you really keep praising God in trouble and in joy? How do you keep praising God when all hope is gone? How do you keep praising him when you reach rock bottom? How do you keep praising him when the person that you love most in all the world is dying. Through all the changing scenes of life, in trouble and in joy, the praises of my God shall still my heart and tongue employ. How do you keep praising God? The the rest of the hymn tells the answer. Uh, And I I guess for us, the, the key verse is the last verse. Fear him ye saints, and you will then have nothing else to fear. Make, your his, uh, make you his service your delight. He'll make your wants his care. H- how do you keep praising God through all the changing scenes of life? How do you keep praising him when your daughter's life hangs in the balance? Fear him, ye saints. And you will then have nothing else to fear. You, you recognize that what, whatever it is that you're facing, he is bigger. He, he is bigger than your troubles. He is bigger than chronic illness. He is bigger even than death itself. As Jesus is talking to the woman. People come with the news that Jairus has been treading. Look at verse 35. Uh, While he was still speaking, uh, there came from the ruler's house some who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? That's it, Jairus. That there's nothing more anyone can do. Don't bother the teacher anymore. The thing is, Jesus isn't just a teacher, is he? Jesus is bigger than that. He is so much bigger than just a teacher. But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not fear only believe. That that word that we have as overhearing can also mean ignore. 
It, it, it can even mean to refuse to accept what's just been said. And all of those meanings, I think, are true here. Jesus hears what the people have said, but he, he chooses to ignore it. He, he won't accept what they're saying. And so Jesus says to Jairus, do not fear, only believe. What he's saying is, I am bigger than your fears, Jairus. It is going to be okay I know it doesn't look like it. I know it looks hopeless, but it's not. Trust me. Trust me. Do not fear, only believe. Uh, Only Peter, James and John are allowed to go with Jairus and Jesus. When they arrive at Jairus' home, mourners have already gathered. They are weeping and wailing. And if you've been watching the scenes on our TV screens recently from Israel and Gaza, you will be very familiar with what that looks like. People weeping and wailing at the death of a loved one. At verse 39, when he had entered, he said to them, why are you making a commotion and weeping that the child is not dead but sleeping? And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. That they laugh at Jesus, not that they're not laughing in amusement, they're laughing in scorn. Do not be ridiculous, Jesus. This girl is dead. Jesus went in where the child was, taking her by the hand. He said to her, Talitha Kum which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years old of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. Just as he did with the the old woman, Jesus treats her so kindly, so gently, so lovingly. It's okay, he says. You can get up now. And just like that, she gets up. She is instantly restored. So much so that she begins to walk around and even to eat. And the people are completely astonished. You would be, wouldn't you? She was dead a moment ago and now she's up and walking around. Jesus is big. Jesus is bigger. He's bigger even than death itself. Can you see what Mark is saying? Jesus is bigger than all our fears. We can trust him. Do not be afraid. Only believe. Fear him, ye saints, and you will then have nothing else to fear. Make you his service your delight. He'll make your wants his care. I I don't know how you feel uh, this morning. It, It may be that in some way you do feel 
desperate. If that's the case, can I encourage you to do something, just something very simple? Can I encourage you when you get home later, just to read through Mark's gospel? Read through Mark's gospel and see all the times that Jesus helps someone in need. Look at his power and authority. See how wide and all-encompassing it is. Look at his love and his care. And as you read, just ask yourself a very simple question. Have you ever met anyone like this? As as you read it, ask God to show you that Jesus is bigger than your fears. If you feel able to, why, why not talk to someone before you go? Why not share with someone how you're feeling? Ask them to pray for you. Can I say one thing, though? Just because Jesus is bigger than our fears, it doesn't mean that if we reach out to him now, he's going to make everything okay straight away. It doesn't mean that your circumstances are suddenly going to change. It doesn't mean that that thing that you're facing won't be there anymore. He may change your circumstances, but he may not. We may continue to suffer with chronic illness. Our loved ones may still die. That that problem at work may still be waiting for us. I'm struck that as Jesus stops to talk to the woman, it's very clear that Jesus is working to his own agenda. He doesn't work to anybody else's agenda. He's not working to Jairus' agenda at this point. He certainly doesn't work to my agenda. He works to his own agenda. The the problem is very often we think we know what we need. And when God doesn't give it to us, we think that God is the one in the wrong and not us. But the truth is Jesus is bigger than that. He, He is bigger than our fears. But he is also bigger than our agendas, bigger than our plans, bigger than our hopes and our dreams. He wants us to trust him through all the changing scenes of life. And he loves us so much that he is so committed to using any and every situation in which we find ourselves to grow our faith in him. What happens here is not a guarantee that when we're in trouble, if we turn to Jesus, everything will be okay in that moment. Ultimately, what happens here is a picture of what Jesus will one day do at the end of time when he comes again and makes all things new. Before that day, even if Jesus does choose to heal or change our circumstances, or save us from death. That healing, that restoration, it's only temporary. One day, unless the Lord Jesus returns, 
every one of us will die. And yet, whether we die or Jesus returns, one day every Christian believer, every man and woman, every boy and girl who puts their trust in Jesus, one day every believer will hear Jesus say, it's okay, you can get up now. Maybe that you don't feel desperate, as we said. I'm pretty sure that one day you will. Let let me encourage you too to read through Mark's gospel. And as you do, ask God to help you see just how much bigger Jesus is. So that you too will trust him through all the changing scenes of life, not just in joy, but in trouble as well. What do you do when your worst fears come true? What do you do when all hope seems gone? What do you do when you hit rock bottom? Where do you turn? Who do you turn to? Well, Mark says Jesus is big. He is bigger than all our fears. You can trust him. Fear him, ye saints, and you will then have nothing else to fear. Father, we uh, thank you so much this morning for these uh, two stories that Mark has, uh, uh, has put here to help us see how big the Lord Jesus is so that we might trust him through all the changing scenes of life. Father, we pray, please would you help us to see, please would you impress on our hearts and our minds just how big the Lord Jesus is, just how great his power to save and His deep, uh, how deep his love and compassion really is. And Father, as we see those things, please would you help us to believe. Father, we thank you so much for the Lord Jesus. Help us, please, to trust him, we pray. Amen.